what up y'all this is bitches love brunch and we back for episode 29 we almost in our 30s yeah this is your co-host courtney and this is kiana and we're glad to be back um it always feels so weird i think this week i'm struggling a little bit more because you was drunk the last episode Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> You're trying to redeem yourself. <laughs> and I know I'm pretty for certain that I'm not familiar with um, what everything that we discussed. <laughs> but last week or last episode, uh, we got to talk about taking risks, which even in my drunken state, I really enjoyed that topic. <laughs> I did too. It was a good topic. It was a really good topic. And I think... Um, Sometimes, like, that's something that peers need to hear. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, especially since we're not always in a collaborative space anymore. You know how, like, when you were in college, you were all, we're always kind of, like, in that same space of going to class, dealing with, you know, organizations or just common life themes at that time. Yeah. Um, And so sometimes when, like, you're in the quote-unquote real world, um, and in the workforce, it's a little bit more disjointed. So being able to have that conversation as young professionals, I think, um, is important because sometimes those there just may be gaps in that. So it was refreshing for me, even though I don't remember it all. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I think it takes... Um... I think it's just one of those things where you have to be vulnerable, too. And I don't think mm-hmm. that that's something that you see a lot in our... In our generation, because everybody only posts a highlight reel. Right. And it almost is seen as, vulnerability is almost seen as, like, weakness. And, um, which is not true at all, I don't think. I don't think that that is the the weakest place that people can, you know, take advantage of. I actually think it's, you being joyous. Like, if people know what make you happy, girl, be careful. Um, right. <laughs> um, but I thought it was just authentic. And it just gave us an opportunity to share you know, our little bit of, we don't have, we're not experts, but it was just fun to share our experiences because everybody is an expert in their own experiences. Mm-hmm. And 10 times out of 10, you're not the only one going through that exactly. experience. So um, why not talk about it um, and then some advice <laughs> to the next person? Um, before we go any further, I did not take a beat and just ask you how you've been. What's going on? What's new? Ooh, girl, I'm okay. Um, (laughs) Today, oh, I told you I had to politely check somebody at work. People, I'm good because my vacation starts um, technically tomorrow. That's right. But um, I'm just, I'm over people and I'm over people trying me because the thing is, you've tried the right one. Mm -hmm. You tried the right one. Mm -hmm. I just got to figure that out um, in terms of when to let you know I'm the one. So, <laughs> that's the hard part about it. But other than that, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to go home. I'm excited for you. I'm ready to go home. And Hi. I I um, might be low-key jealous as if I wasn't there a couple of weeks ago. Or, but I'm I was going to say, weren't you. you there last week? <laughs> but you were in Cincinnati, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, I was in Cincinnati. <laughs> Look at me keeping tabs on you. You don't I even know, know a girl. girl. <laughs> you don't even know a girl. You are hilarious. What's going on with you? What's happening in Columbus? You know, nothing much is going on. Um, I won't bore you guys this week because the last time you asked me that, I took the first 20 minutes. Give somebody an inch. They take a mile, y'all. A whole mile. (laughs) And I appreciate Kiana knowing that that is not me normally. Like, I do not normally talk that much. Um,. So I appreciate you knowing that. I will say that I did go on another date. Not successful. <gasps> no. Um, I mean, it wasn't a horrible date, but you know, when you just know that it didn't click, like, okay, it was cool meeting you. Um, but Did you say that? Me. Did you let him know, like, it's not going to be another date? I did with the guy from episode 28. <laughs> um, I did let him know. Um, he probably thought I was ghosting him, but and you know this about me. I'm just horrible at responding via text, and I, I told him this, too. Um, but on this one, I just felt like we were both aware that 
it wasn't going anywhere. So neither one of us have reached out. And I think we're good. Dude, like the fact that you are like literally out here dating. I I'm maybe I I'm not Who dating. I'm not dating. <laughs> I'm just going on sporadic ass dates. I mean sporadic dates. Look at me cussing. Just sporadic dates. Like <laughs> it's not lined up. But you over here Issa in it up and I can't I don't have the Issa rotation. I feel like Issa always got somebody lined up on insecure and I'll just be like, mm, gotta wait till the next flow happens. The next wave yeah. comes through. I wouldn't cons- yeah, I wouldn't mm. it's hard for me to say if I'm dating or I still feel the same like I'm going on sporadic dates um i think it just so happened to work out that way because this guy the second date or the second guy was someone that i had kind of linked up with towards the end of the first date guy if that makes sense so it was just more so about timing but other than that like i don't foresee anything (laughs) in the near future so i mean we'll see how it goes i'm still keeping my options open but i told y'all like I'm feeling like a whole Stella. Yeah, doesn't necessarily necessarily have to be somebody younger, but um, I'm open to some things now, and I'm open to dating. So I love. I gotta it. put maybe. forth the effort. Yeah, you do, girl. Maybe I need a pep talk on the break because I'm just like, come what may, <laughs> <laughs> in my living room, like somebody go walk in my living room, and I'm just like, yeah, come come here if you want it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Um, no, but I feel you. I love that you're being very intentional about, you know, what's going on and you pursuing somebody. This is awesome. Yeah. So we'll see. When I start getting quiet, that's when y'all might know that I might have settled down on somebody. <laughs> like, if Ooh. y'all hear me talking about somebody. Yeah. I mean, other than me, like, I really saying, yes, I'm still single, I'm still dating, but you know this about me. I'm very private, so I probably would not be on the show, like, so I'm dating somebody. It's getting pretty serious. Nah. I don't I don't think I'm like, well, yeah, I am. I'm not private with the people I don't need to be private with. Other than that, you just, right. I just think it's such a, like, don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to be, like, conceited or, or anything like that or too vain. But, like, it's a privilege to know me and I treat it as such. Uh, everybody does not have access to all of me. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that's just how I feel about life in general. And that's even with like some friends. Everybody, you can't know everything. Some things you can, some things you can't. Just depends on who you are. But yeah, everybody should not have an open invitation to your life. Because when they do, they start to feel entitled to having opinions about you and your relationship. There's still people I want to DM on Instagram and ask them what happened to their boyfriend, ex-husband, <laughs> fiance. I feel entitled. You shared it with me. I'm invested. What happened right. to our relationship that I watched you be in for the last right. whatsoever months? And that's not my business, but I feel like it is now. Yes, now that you've shared it, but <laughs> right. that's why I don't share it. So Precisely why I don't let y'all in my business. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I don't need to know. My relationships are on a need-to-know basis. I just feel bad because if I get, like, my next boyfriend, the next relationship I'm in, if social media is what's going to validate our relationship, like, why don't you make me your your man crush Monday? I'd be like, dude, really? (laughs) I don't do that, and I'm not going to. Like, I'm with you. That should let you know I'm crushing on you all the time. Yeah, and I also feel like if you had to ask, though, see... I think we're starting to get into the topic. So, we're going to take a step back. <laughs> Dad, because I was just about to ask you something. I really... Okay, we can wait. I'll chill. Write it down. Write it down because you know you might forget. <laughs> and put it in my notes. Um. So, before we delve in too much... I forgot um, it already. Never mind. Go ahead. God, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will try to remember um, what I was saying that way. It may trigger what you were thinking. Um, so, but before we delve in too much, let's quickly pass the mimosa. Kiana, what are you drinking, if anything? I am having water. I just left the gym, so no drinks for me tonight. Okay. What are you drinking? I'm not drinking a thing. Okay, we sober. I think, I think my liver deserves that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> An extended break. Yes, I mean, I'm drinking water as well, but no, no alcohol on this end. 
Okay. Well, you want to share the good news with the people? Oops, sure do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So this quote is coming from one of our beloved members of a beloved group by the name of TLC. Um, This quote is from T-Boss, and it said, We wanted to empower young girls to have their own stash of condoms and not to leave it up to guys. Some parents thought we were telling their kids to have sex, but we were making a fashion statement to make it easier to talk about sex. So, the first topic that we are talking about today is... And it's a question. It's an open-ended question. And the question is, at what age do you think you needed the sex talk? Now, when you have it, now when your mama thought it was okay, what at what time, what place in your life, what age did you think you could benefit from having the sex talk? So you asked me that. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, sorry, I was about to say something. I was like, let me save that for a break. Um, what age I think I needed the sex talk? Mm-hmm. I don't think I needed it until, ooh, that's a tough one for me. Maybe somewhere between 13 and 17. <laughs> and here's why it's such a large gap, okay? So, I say 13 because that's how old I was when my nephew was born. And outside of... Now, if you can believe this, I promise you, I was a very innocent child. Um, So outside of like whatever we're learning in sex ed, you know what I mean? I felt like a lot of that was taken care of there. Um, But to see my sister go through it was a little bit more of an eye opener. I think it became um, it became more prevalent and more real then when I found out that she was pregnant. Um, and so that kind of hit home in a different way. Like, oh, this stuff is real. <laughs> like, yeah. And not that I didn't think that it was real before, but you know how, like when things happen and especially when you're younger, you're like, oh, that would never be me. Yeah. Like, you think yeah. you're invincible. You think, um, those Ooh. types of things, STDs, pregnancy, um, that they can't touch you. And so I would say that was like the first point where it was really real for me. Um, But then after that, and because it was my sister, so it was a little different too. So I was just like, oh, you out here having sex? (laughs) So (laughs) so part of me was like, oh, I see you, girl. (laughs) Shut up. Um, And yes, at 13, and the other part was just like, again, it's just, you know, it was it was more prevalent for me. Um, and it was a little bit more of an eye opener. Um, but then I go into my high school years and like I said, between the sex ed conversations and all of that, I felt like that covered the bases. And I honestly really can't say that I ever had the, an in-depth sex talk. Oh, we're going to get there late. later put a pin outside of that. Okay. I'm done. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, I think I needed the sex talk at every major life-changing event I've had. That's good, Kiana. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, I think going into middle school, I think it first started in middle school. I need the sex talk there. I need the sex talk in high school. I need the sex talk in college. I need the sex talk when I move to another city. I just needed um, somebody to talk to me about not only the action of having sex, but how to have a healthy sexual relationship with somebody and what Mm -hmm. that looks like and understanding that sex and relationships are not monogamous. Like they don't, they, Mm -hmm. they're not mutually exclusive. And so you can have sex and not have a relationship and you can have a relationship without having sex. Both of those I would not suggest to people. Um, but for me and the way that I operate, I'm more so of a very emotionally driven person. So whoever I did, you know, sleep with, I was very emotionally attached to them and I just don't, I just think that I need a guidance at every at every life-changing event because I think that oftentimes just like drugs, just like anything that can be abused, I think that sex can be used as a coping mechanism. 
Mm-hmm. And I also think the older that you get or the younger that you are, sex is also a, can be a form of manipulation. Um, and I think that I needed that. I needed that wisdom at every yeah. at every stage. That's fair because <laughs> sex looks different. It does at each of those phases or each of those stages. Um, and I apologize if I'm just repeating what you said, but. Um, sex in a relationship is different than just casual sex. Um, so all of that encompasses different things. And those conversations are different. Yeah, they and I are. I think when people hear sex, this, the sex talk, quote unquote, they think of the birds and the bees. Right, um, And it's right. just so much more than that. Like they, there are layers to that that build upon um, the physical aspect. So I think that's a really good point, Kiana. I just think that we are always learning more and more about sex. Like, even at 28, I'm 28, and so um, I listen to a lot of sermons. But even just listening to the way that Christians describe sex and not in just taking out, like, hey, in the Bible it says it's wrong to have sex before marriage. But let's talk about how you feeling, like, after you had sex with anybody. Like, are you feeling fulfilled, if you, you know, after any of your sexual encounters? If not, mm-hmm. then let's take the Bible out of it, but... You ain't feeling whole after this. Something ain't right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm and saying? And because sex is different for everybody. It so let's is. talk about you you and sex. Like, not just this generalization of sex. Exactly. But you and sex. Because everybody identifies with that differently. I Absolutely. That's absolutely a fact. Because it took me so long, I think, as an adult to realize, like, the way that I was having sex... It was, um, I was looking at it like sex and relationship are mutually exclusive. You know what I'm saying? Like, they they belong together. If I'm having sex with this person, then I'm committed to this person. And that was not, as you all know, like, that's not what happens in this generation. <laughs> people mm-hmm. are plugging through people with no emotional attachment. But that's just never been my reality and from my sexual experiences. Yeah. So that had to shift for me and it was a it was like it was a paradigm shift, but it was an uncomfortable one to be like, Oh, you don't want me? Like want me, want me. <laughs> <laughs> that was that would that took some learning and getting used to, but that that way of having sex with somebody with no attachment, I had nobody had ever talked to me about that. And probably for good reason though right because that wasn't that may not have been the intent i you know i i think that it is for good the intent of it was good but i think that like with anything that sheltered for too long it can be harmful yes absolutely i guess my point though is it's just like nobody was having may not have been having the conversation with you about sex without attachments because if you're speaking biblically and religiously you are supposed to have the attachment so it's like i don't want to or not i don't want to have that conversation with you but subconsciously or consciously i'm not having that conversation with you because that's not to me for whoever is having this conversation with you what sex is meant for right it's like oh we don't even need to talk about this but you're absolutely right in that just because that is not the intent of it like we do recognize that that is so often <laughs> what happens right like how are you gonna tell somebody what they could or might not ex- like what they can and what they might not experience you don't know what's in store for their lives you don't know mm-hmm. what their encounters are going to be like but i think that um that raises a good point do you do you remember your your sex talk with your parents i don't think that i had not that i remember or do y'all have sex or do y'all talk about sex at all no no okay no we do not now at all um not with my mother and i don't remember beyond the religious aspect of waiting to marriage having that conversation about sex my mother was very aware that we were having those conversations in school you know because of sex ed or whatever that class was i don't even remember anymore wait your mother wanted Um, you to wait till marriage absolutely okay I didn't know if that was something like she came out and said. I'm a, I wasn't sure. I'm just trying to get an understanding of what she told you. 
Yep, absolutely. And, okay. And I don't think it was as direct as I want you to wait till marriage. Yeah. Other as opposed to the Bible says, the religion that we follow says <laughs> you wait until marriage. Um I know that it may have been a little different for my sister. Because mm-hmm. I vaguely remember her telling me, or maybe it was maybe it was my, her, my mother, telling me that um, she and another cousin of ours, like they had a conversation in maybe about promise rings or something like that. Because back then, promise rings weren't like pre engagement rings; they meant something else. <laughs> so um, it was more about the commitment of keeping yourself until marriage. Um, so I think that conversation may have been a little different from my sister, but you also have to remember that I was the fourth child. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, that's true. I was the fourth child with a large gap in between my sister and I. Um, so we're seven years apart. So why do me, I not know? I don't know why. I, I don't think yeah. I knew that because y'all are so close. Yeah. And then my oldest brother is 10 years apart. So. Raising me just looked different. Oh, you was you was the one that got away with everything. Yeah, that's, maybe. Okay, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I won't do that. But yes, maybe. So, in some forms, but raising me because there is that ten year gap, ten nine and seven year gap between me and my siblings. Um, though it looked different raising me from my mother. My siblings also didn't play no mess either. <laughs> so it's like some things I still just couldn't get away with because that's not how they were raised and they weren't going to have it either. Right. Um, but yeah, so in terms of like that dynamic with the sex conversation, it could have been completely different by the time my mother, you know, got to me. Okay. Um, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to share my experience. I don't think my mom... Or dad ever officially had a sex talk with me. Um, I think my mother used fear as a tactic. Which Mm. is so interesting. Because it took me until I was maybe 21, 22. No, maybe a little older. Alexis had had her first kid. I knew that's what it happened. <laughs> I'm mad that somebody else's milestone is your marker, but go ahead. It, it was because one of the things about, you know, some of my, these girls I call my sisters, um, their milestones are my milestones too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things changed in their lives. And then a lot of things changed in my life yeah. because there are so many changes that we all have to make in order to like readjust our relationship with each other. But um, when Alexis had her first kid, which is Mia, my first baby niece, um, Mia, I just, I looked at her and I was just like, you know what? Thank you for showing me that it's not a curse to have a kid. Because when I was younger, my mom never really had that conversation of wait till marriage. Um, She never talked to me really directly about sex. But the one thing she did say was don't come in my house pregnant. Okay. Um. Yeah, that was what that was pretty much the gist of the sex talk with my mother. She was just like, "Don't, don't come in my house pregnant." And my dad would tell me, "Um, you can't date somebody until you get married." And those were pretty much um, (laughs) the talks that I had with my parents revolving around sex. Now I think I got to a point where um, I dated the same guy from the eighth grade until the twelfth grade. Um, I didn't realize it was that whole time. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was quite a lengthy child relationship. Um, but I think so. I think that towards the end of our high school, you know, career, she was just she knew that we had probably had sex before. Now, my high school boyfriend or middle school through high school boyfriend, I talked to his mom about having sex and we decided that we wanted to have sex and she had a very um fruitful conversation with me because she actually had gotten pregnant when she was four, 13 or 14 okay. with her first kid and so we had a, a, a great conversation about have sex however I just don't think that we talked about it in a healthy way in terms of what it could do to me emotionally and how mm-hmm. it would um 
disable me emotionally in a way because you don't feel emotionally you don't feel stable you don't feel stable at all well at least I wasn't feeling stable at all I can't speak for other people so I apologize for that but I wasn't feeling stable emotionally um after I was having sexual encounters with people Hmm. Hmm. yeah so that that those were my sex talks which I honestly don't think is uh, too uncommon for our generation. You know what I mean? I feel like it was either one or the other. Um, like you said, you had that conversation with the mother of the guy that you were dating. Um, but if you think about that, that was also in relation to the fact that you were dating her son. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's a little different, too. Ooh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I also just think about it because, and I know I, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before, but like, I also think about my mother. Like, she was 19 when she got married. Yeah. <laughs> so those, you know, those conversations, again, I just keep thinking about like how what my mother learned or whatever she experienced impact, impacted whatever she taught me and how she taught me um, or how she had those conversations with me. Um, so yeah. I think that's I'm not I'm not super surprised, but I do sometimes but I also was in Twinsburg. So sometimes I felt like and when I say sometimes probably in my older years like, oh, these are conversations that people were having with their parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um so I also thought that was different when in all actuality I like I said earlier, ten times out of ten. We're not the only one going through that, you know, that particular experience. So there were other kids out there that weren't having those in-depth conversations with their parents. And if they were anything like my family, you know, just kind of being based in religion, those conversations probably look similar to. Like, I could bet that my best friend, her conversation with her parents was very similar in that it might not even have happened at all. <laughs> so, Yeah. I think that for me, it wasn't even so much like <clears throat> people are having these conversations with their parents. I'm like, I'm allowed to talk to my parents about this. Right. Like, y'all do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, I mean, as you get to a certain age, you know that your parents have to have had, had sex with either right. your daddy or <laughs> the daddy you live with or your real daddy. <laughs> you know what I'm somebody. saying? Like, at some point, she had sex with somebody, um, which is why you're here. But... I think I can't say what I would do as a mom because I, I'm not a mom yet, but I will hope that I would be able to have these conversations with my, my daughter because I don't think it's only a sex talk. And I think this helps shift us, shifts us into our next conversation, but it's almost to set expectations for what you want in your dating life or your relationship life, because I think that they can go hand in hand. It's funny you say that because everybody knows I don't have any children. I don't want any children. But um, I had to have that sex or some variation of the sex talk with my mentee at Mm. one point. Um, But it was, like you were saying, shifting to the next topic. It was um, a piece of the sex talk, but also the expectations of what you want or the expectations that you set for your dating life. Um, it was just really interesting, especially from that standpoint, because it's like, now granted, her her mother and I have a good relationship, so I knew that she was comfortable with me having those conversations with her, because she's like, no, I prefer it, because I don't want to be the only one just, you know, and I not, the only one having the conversation with her, and I don't want to just be barking at her about it, essentially. Right. Um, but having that conversation with her about, okay, where are you at? What are you feeling? Um, are there things that you think you want to do? Are the thing are there things that he wants to do, but you're not ready to do yet? Um, so that conversation was very interesting, and then having to. Put that, like I said, in the context of whatever choices you make, that's okay. Like, you know, go ahead and set the expectations and standards for yourself. And if that's not something you want, if, if sex is not something that you're ready to do, 
Let's talk about how you can communicate that. And if they're no longer interested after that, that's fine too. You know what I mean? You have to protect your space for that. Um, so that was, it wasn't uncomfortable, but it was very interesting to have that conversation with a 14 year old girl. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the, I think what you hit on was really important. I think that um, <clears throat> a lot of women often feel pressure to do what a man wa- wants to do physically, and I think that that is your choice. <laughs> you know, even at a very, it don't matter what age you at, it's your choice. It's always your choice. Nobody can take that choice away from you, and. Um, just to empower young women to say, like, you know, if this is not what something that you want, or if you have an expectation that you want this and that and this and not that, or this and that and plus that, it is okay. That is mm-hmm. okay. You are not needy. You are not nagging. You are not extra. You aren't, you know, playing hard to get. You're not a tease. You are you, and what you said for yourself, people will follow. Yeah people will follow and so I think that's an important message to give to young women and I think that that would have been very empowering for me to hear not that I ever felt like somebody cohorts me into having any type of sexual relationships with them but it almost at least for me it kind of at a certain point it almost felt like a requirement for a relationship Mm. that's very real because I don't think um people speak on that often enough about sex as a requirement yes yeah like it's very it's a very underlying message there's always that undertone um and for some i think there's the flip side of it like it's not necessarily a requirement but it is something that i would hope to do when i say i generally speaking you know what i mean as a part of this relationship with you um, but either way, I don't think that conversation is being had where there has always been this underlying tone of some sort of expectation, you know, right. I mean? in communicating, communicating that and saying, if it is, if that is a thing for you, like I want to be able to have a sexual relationship with whoever I'm dating. And if it's not, or I expect to have a relate, you know, sexual relationship with whoever I'm dating. And if it's not. Yes, it will be nice, but it is not a requirement. Um, I think a lot of times because that conversation gets missed, it just happens. Right. I don't think, I don't even think the doors are open for that conversation to take place. And we could be wrong. You know, if we, if you've been in a situation where, you know, sex was an option in your relationship, please let us know. Right. (laughs) Please let us know and let us know how that experience was. Because it's not that... I don't believe that it's not out there. I just haven't personally experienced it. Right. Um, but I think I have unofficially experienced it without having the conversation, which is how that usually goes without having a conversation. Or ha- um, and I've been not even saying like in romantic relationships, but I've been in very intimate relationships with people without having sex. And some of those feelings were actually stronger than people that I've had sex with. Yes. Um, no, go ahead. No, that I'm just agreeing. Like I could definitely see that. Yeah. Is those those connections? They seem to be pure. Um, mm-hmm. a lot less clouded and um, emotionally driven. I think that for me, my emotions. If I sleep with somebody, and it's good, that's why you have to get to know yourself. Like, some people mm-hmm. can sleep with people and see no wrong in it and go about their day and not think twice about you. That ain't me. That is not me. So, I have to move in a way that I can protect myself. And most yeah. times, that means that I probably shouldn't engage in sex with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Until you are ready. Until I'm ready. And so, um, my emotions are just sky high so a lot of things get clouded a lot of judgments aren't there a lot of signs are missed and so um yeah I try to steer away from that because I want to be as level-headed and clear clear about my intentions in terms of where my relationships are directed because now I mean I can get any 
Courtney and I aren't aren't single because we can't get boyfriends. We don't want just any boyfriend because you can have a boyfriend and that <laughs> right. relationship ends. You know what I'm saying? Like I right. can get a boyfriend, but I'm single by choice because I want a quality relationship. I want a long lasting right. relationship, and so I want to make sure that I have a clear mind when I'm making that decision because this decision could possibly affect me for the rest of my life. Right. Question for you: What? Why do you think? having the conversation around expectations of sex either doesn't happen or is difficult or difficult to have? I think it doesn't happen because no one sees it. (laughs) Kind of like the consent thing. A lot of men don't think it's appropriate to ask somebody like, hey, do I have permission or consent to have sex with you? Because usually when you see um, sex demonstrated like on TV, you only know what you see. Not saying that it ain't wrong. You know it's wrong. But you, you've never watched a movie and somebody was like, is it okay that we have sex now? Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think people only emulate what they see in the representations, you know, that they have for them. That's one of the reasons. But uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, but even in the aspect of just having the conversation, the candid conversation of like saying where you're at, being comfortable in saying, I am um open to dating right now but i'm not looking to have casual sex i'm not looking to sleep around you know what i mean that type of thing that type of conversation too or having the very candid conversation of yes i'm open to dating um and relationships and at some point i hope that comes with a sexual relationship you know what i mean like having those conversations of of your intentions about sex not necessarily the moment before or the moments leading up to like okay so can we have sex now but you i think know, that's that a, but thing. i think that's the same thing i think that people don't see that i don't think that that's demonstrated i don't think that that's something that you see often you hear about things that may have that may have happened but how often do you see representations of people talking about their expectations of where they want mm-hmm. their relationship to go but um i also think it's like you if you put that out on the table that's you're opening yourself up for a rejection a lot sooner than later. Yeah. And who wants to who wants to start off whatever it is that you're doing already in the negative, but when in turn it can save you a lot of time. But um <laughs> I actually liken it to and maybe that's why I'm struggling with this idea of like why we don't have the conversation. I actually liken it to me having a conversation about children, whether um somebody wants them or not. Because I feel like I need to be as upfront as possible um, in the beginning. But I do think, and i not by any means speaking for all women, but I agree with you about the rejection point in that. And I think it happens more so with women because, and maybe even more so with black women. But once we find a, an eligible man, eligible man um, that looks really good on paper, the dates are going well, and the moment that you say <laughs> you don't want to have sex, there's this fear that, that they're no longer going to be interested. And so you're going to hold off on saying that and maybe even break some of your rules all at the expense of that because you have this fear of them leaving and you feel like you found this really good guy. You know what I mean? And I... And I say that I liken it to me in the conversation about children because sometimes I have that same thought like, ooh, I don't know at what point do I have this conversation because I'm really kind of digging him. But if I drop this bomb about about not wanting children, he's out the door. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I think it's really interesting about this whole fear of rejection piece. And like you said, because in all actuality, it'll save you so much time and possibly... A lot of hurt, a lot of headache. I'm not saying that you don't take those risks to be in a relationship with someone, but things could turn out so much better because you are staying committed to what you know it is that you want for yourself. It is. And you know what? It's easy to say, like, girl, it'll save you so much time. But what what that means in my reality and what a lot of women's reality is, is that, yeah, that's saving me time, but that also means it's just more time me being by myself. Exactly. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And at some point, though, because I, I used to feel that way, like, it's just going to be me and me. And it was just like, so what 
What about you don't you like that you don't get to spend this much time with you? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to answer that question. And I think that's what um, has like helped me is just asking myself really, really difficult questions and forcing myself to answer them aloud. Because can, I can be as anybody. I can be as anything in my head. But to give myself like a concrete answer and be like, what, what is it about you that you don't want to spend this much time with you? Because you might not ever get this back. Did you land on something? You don't have to share it. I'm just curious. I did. I did. I landed on something. And I think that's what got me to warm it up to the idea of being like being single or being by myself or being without a romantic relationship. Because I don't necessarily mean that I have to be by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Darn, I just lost my train of thought. But like, that's not a, that's not a, I'm not, I'm not being punished. For being right. single. Single being single is not a punishment. If anything, um, God has given you so much grace to give you so much time to get yourself together before you ruin mm-hmm. something that you've been praying for. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity. And that's how I see it. And I don't want to speak as if it has always been that way for me. Um, but no, I completely agree. That's how I see it. And once I did start viewing it that way, I was like, this is nothing but an opportunity to prepare myself and allow God to prepare me to be everything that I'm asking of my mate. Um, so, because otherwise I could just be a mess. With this idea, well, I know I know you you don't have kids or or no don't have kids or don't you know desire to have kids, but like in your mentee or mentor role. How do you approach being a single and discussing being open to having sex if you are open to people exploring sex outside of marriage? Ooh. You know, I haven't had to touch on that. Okay. Um, to be completely honest. Um, what What is coming to mind for me, though, is that I don't ever feel that I could tell somebody to not do something that I've done. You know what I mean? And that a lot of people have done. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I wouldn't sit there and be like, you should not have sex until you're married. Um, that's the only way to be, you know, that type of thing. And also still coming from that aspect of the mentee mentor relationship or even with um my nephews, my god babies, you know, um nieces, all of that. Um I I would just, one, consider my friends first. And you know what I mean? My friends and, and the, the parents of my mentee. Um, that would be the first thing. And so, to me, for that reason, it's important to have a good relationship with the parents if you're a mentor. Or um, being make knowing that you are aligned with your friends and that, you know, in that thought. And if even if you're not supporting that conversation like you do have a choice but also just recognizing or acknowledging that you're just another person like whatever decisions that they make um I'm just another person that they can come to I'm another person that they can ask questions that they can vent to um you know if they aren't don't feel comfortable having those conversations just yet with their parents if nothing else I'm an open ear you know what I mean I mean I think that's first in that aspect as as who I am as a parent I think it would definitely be different um but yeah I really haven't had to encounter that but bottom line like I can't tell somebody not to do something that I have done um I would want to give you all the warnings all the resources you know as much as possible but at the end of the day it's your own choice it's your choice. And I think people forget that. Like, you do have a choice in this. Yeah, it's true. Very true. I think that's a, that's a, for me, that's a tough conversation. Yeah. Um, cause I have had sex outside of marriage. However, <laughs> um, one, I would say, like, what you said first is determine, like, my relationship with that person. Cause one, I never want to go into any situation just off the bat speaking what I like to call Christianese. Because mm-hmm. 
not everybody understand that language. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you're going to turn people away. You, you, you will turn more people away than you will invite them in. <laughs> you need to be a human mm-hmm. first. Um, but I think my biggest thing for any... I think my biggest thing for anybody or talking to anybody about that would honestly be... What are you striving for? What's what's your goal here? <laughs> mm-hmm. I really would have to know because if your goal is to stray away from sex to be perfect, that's not that's not what's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? I just I just I think that a lot of people paint this picture as though like, oh, if you steer from sex, you you're pure and um pure from all things that might go wrong. That's not the case. So if you're doing this for perfection, then I need you to try to chase a different goal. Um, also not saying that you still shouldn't try to, you know, remain absent or whatever, but a lot of people just misconstrue. Like if you haven't been sexually or haven't had any sexual experience, then that means, you know, you are free from sin and you won't do anything else wrong. I think that that is absolutely crazy. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is the notion that bothers me about the church that they try to put on people about having sex before marriage is just like, if you don't have sex before you get married, you will walk into a perfect relationship. That's not true. Right. That's not true. So stop telling people that. However, I think I would tell, talk to them more so about, I can only speak to my experience and it's about like the emotional captivity that I was in from, you know, exchanging or going into different sexual encounters with different people. Just the idea of perfection, I would try to, you know, squash that Go. Um... But two, I think I would just lead back to what's the purpose behind this? What's the goal in mind? And oftentimes you'll hear people say like, it's because, you know, I love him or I love her. And there are so many other ways to communicate, show and express love other than sex. And so I would just urge that you use all of those options and keep trying to reuse all those options until you come up with no more options of how you can express mm-hmm. how you love with somebody. And then we can revisit that conversation um, as into why you want to physically demonstrate how much you love somebody. And while I don't think that is fair that I'm able to tell somebody not to have sex because I had sex before I got married, I do think that is fair for me to throw out warnings to be like hey this is what happened to me this is my experience as a person who is like this you may not even be that type of person but as for me and if you're anything like me this is just something to be aware of that these are some of the things that come with having sex with somebody and not just scaring kids away from like gonorrhea chlamydia aids and pregnancy but also the emotional attachments the financial situations that you may get yourself Mm -hmm. into um even missing out on like class and stuff like that because I know I've been to the point where I'm going through a breakup and of course I've had sex with this person and I literally like I I don't even want to go to class you know what I'm saying like I just there's just so many things that it could impede upon other than enhance you to become something um I think before marriage now that's just my personal view on it but I also I mean I understand biblically why it says that but I think that it's so much more you have to provide so much more context with don't do something but why not do it you know what I'm saying and so I think that if anything I would just try to equip anybody who I'm talking to about the topic you know just to explore different ways you know show your love express love um because I think those are skill sets that we often don't really cater to in terms of like emotional intelligence and emotional awareness and things that you can do to express yourself and communicate you know well with somebody else versus just physically doing it and I think that a lot of times sex is used to communicate something that you can use for words come on come on Tiana or actions you know so I think that there's just a lot of other ways to explore love outside of physical now when you get married do the thing all the time you know what I'm saying do it whenever you want but I think there is some practicality even in exploring like even if you are sexually active with your partner and y'all aren't married I do think it's worth exploring finding other ways to express love because you are yeah. going to want to need those eventually. You're going to want to tap into those. And what better way to enhance somebody's way of communicating with you verbally, non-verbally, um, you know, through gifts, through to- quality time, through whatever it is that may, however you communicate your love. I think that you're not doing anything but further six- setting yourself up for success and setting your partner up for success rather than just looking for physical ailments to um, mm-hmm. complete you.
Because at the end of the day, the once you figure all of those non-physical things out, the physical will just intensify that, but in a good way. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to if you go the opposite route, where you're focusing on the physical first, but you haven't really identified anything um, outside of that, like it's hard to then backtrack. Not saying that it's impossible, but I think it's harder to then backtrack and say, um, this is how I also show love verbally um, through my actions, whatever, kind of, you know, like the five love languages. I think it's harder to do that um, when the physical has already been added. Um, and not to say that we all aren't guilty of it. Um, that's just something that I recognize as well. It's just like, well, you could have done that in the beginning to right. create a better foundation. And that way, when you do add that bonus level to it, then it's then it's even better because you already have this um, more intimate connection. Right. Um, and I, I think it highlights, you know, when women say, like, I'm different. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not mm-hmm. like the rest. Then be different. Don't be like the rest. Because anybody can offer up their body. It don't take much. Exactly. You can pay for that. But, um... Be different. Work on those skill sets that really will set you apart. And I think that learning how to communicate love effectively in different ways will absolutely set you apart from the rest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because this man will feel, and you will, one, you will learn how to make yourself feel loved in so many different ways, shapes, and forms. And two, you can, you can't give something that you haven't given yourself first. Or yeah. know that you've received it. Or can acknowledge that you've received it. Um, or know that you want. Exactly. But once you get into a partnership with somebody else, they'll literally be like, I've never had somebody communicate love in this way to me before. And maybe mm-hmm. they have, but they may have not done it the way that you have. And nobody ever mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's just something to work on. Instead of thinking like, I just got a girl. I gotta keep this man so it's just it's just about the sex it ain't because sex is so common you can get sex anywhere it's not and if that's all that they're looking for but that's not all that you want to give then there's a disconnect (laughs) and that's okay that might just be your cue to move on um i was talking to one of my homegirls about something similar like that like she was just like i i recognize that i am you know there are certain things that i want to do for my significant other and i miss doing that you know what I mean but if all that he is looking for is if he just needs the basics and maybe the non-communication to avoid things and the say and just the sex is fine but you want to be a giver or you want to show love through a b and c um you're not going to be fulfilled either because this person isn't allowing you to show love in the way that you need and want to show love um quick question before we head to the wrap up I was checking time I think quick question what other dating or relationship expectations do you set outside of the sex realm um oh let me see you know because I ain't going on as many dates as you are these days but (laughs) (laughs) when I do (laughs) um I think for me I'm just trying to understand if somebody's a decent human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's really one of my top expectations to make sure that you are misogynistic, um, that you aren't homophobic. Um, <laughs> just just seeing how you can function because I think the way that I've been approaching dating is I do understand while I do have to have these expectations for somebody but before I have these expectations I just need to know if I like you as a person because I've also spent a lot of time with people and um, develop relationships with them and turned out not to like them as who they were just like mm-hmm. existing and so for me I'm just trying to figure out like are you a person I could just hang around because the large extent of a relationship, especially a long-term relationship and a marriage, is you're going to be spending a lot of downtime with this person. So I just want to know, do you got potential to be like my homie? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest expectation when I go into dating right now. It's just like, can I, can I stand to be around you? 
Like, do I just like you, who you are as an individual? And then I think after exploring that in terms of like a friendship or just allowing you in my space as another person, I think after that I set the expectations of where we can move forward in terms of like seriously dating. Because I'm not dating to look for my husband right away. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for a friend right now. Mm-hmm. a very very close friend that I do know that I do want to turn into my husband know that that is an expectation for where our relationship may go but my foundation has to be solid yeah yeah what about you um I would say outside of those foundational things um cause I, because I would agree um friendship is is an expectation for me um, so I agree with that, that that's the basis. Cause like you said, if I don't like you as a person, it's just not going to work. Um, and I want to be able to grow and build upon that and, and be a partner. But just like in the work that I do on a day to day basis, whether it be my career or different projects, whatever, you know, or my business, like I would not partner with anybody that I could not align myself with. Um, so I agree that the friendship is key. Um, but outside of that and some of the other basics around character, um, integrity, um, religion, I would have to say communication and communication has become an expectation because I feel like it's often on the list, but so, like, superficially on the list. Like, right. I feel like everybody says communication, right? But for me, it's an expectation and a standard um, because I'm striving to be more intentional about that, um, recognizing that there is communication that I need, and but there's also communication that I want to give. Yeah. Um, and so that that's a huge huge expectation for me um and like i said not just on that superficial level of merely just talking right because y'all just want somebody to speak english right at that point (laughs) y'all just want somebody to text you because texting is communication but that's not what i'm talking about i want to be able to have fruitful conversations where we are growing and getting to know each other um i don't do well with small talk I don't do well with that at all. So, like, if we're going to stay in that vein um, and continuously do the whole every day, hey, how was your day? Just checking in on you. Um, Work was fine. Work was work. Like, that's going to get boring. And so I need to be engaged. I want to be learning um, about you. Um, So communicate. And I can't do that just, just by action. Like, communication is a big part of that. Um, and then the other expectation for me is, is a work ethic. Um, the same work ethic that you apply to your life, to your career, um, organizations, professional organizations, whatever. I want to see that in the relationship as well. Cause I feel like, I feel like it should all translate. And if you can be lackadaisical about us, I'm not here for that either. Um, and again, like, and I think I've shared this life on Instagram or something like that. Yeah, because that's really the main piece of social media that I use. Like, I can't do the work alone. And recognizing that relationships are work. Um, there are going to be those times where it's just not all hunky-dory. And there are going to be things that you are going to have to work through, whether they be directly impacting your relationship or something outside of that, um, outside of your relationship. But it may just be something that's impacting you, but it will indirectly impact your partner. Um, So I need to see some level of work ethic within the relationship. That's a big thing for me. Those are good ones. Like, you got to tell me you want it. Like, I need to know that. (laughs) Like, I want to know that you want to be here and that you want me. And I want to be able to show you the same thing. That's it. Oops. I'll stop. All right, girl. But they out there. Y'all heard her. She's single. She dating. <laughs> okay, that's not a plug. <laughs> it don't hurt. Oh, um, <laughs> you're right. It doesn't. Well, do you have anything else to add before we take a break for our ad? Mm-mm, nope, I forgot we were sponsored. Y'all, we sponsored. <laughs> Ew. Ew. 
All right, well, let's take a quick break for our ad for Sound Ears. This episode is brought to you by Sound Ears Media. Sound Ears Media is a multimedia production company based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Sound Ears provides its listeners with weekly curated playlists containing wide-ranging musical selections from the newest release hits to some of the greatest nostalgic classics in music. And Kiana and I are super excited about this new partnership as Bitches Love Brunch will have its own weekly curated playlist. So anyone looking for personal playlists to fit your unique vibe, DM them on IG at Sound Ears or on Twitter at Sound Ears underscore. Or you can shoot them an email at soundearsmedia at gmail.com. And we're back. Hey, y'all. Hey. Okay, wrapping up episode 29. 29. I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna make a mark this this week, but let me not speak too soon. Kiana, do you have a brunch spot or is it tip first? Shoot. It's the tips. It's okay. It's the tip. Don't Dang. worry. Who are you giving your tip to, girl? I am giving out my tip to two wonderful people who I have the pleasure of attending their nuptials this weekend, my friends. Ariane and Antoine, which when they hear this, they would be Antoine and Ariane Steele. Is that how that works? Ariane, Antoine Steele. The man goes first. They'll be mm-hmm. the Steels. Um, <laughs> but I know we said a lot on the podcast about, you know, exploring your sexuality and exploring sex. I did just want to let you guys know, and I feel comfortable saying this because this is public information. But these two people, they um, waited. They waited to have sex with one another until their wedding day. And that's not to say they didn't have hiccups, you know, to get to this journey, um, you know, individually. But once they met each other, they and before they met each other, they were already waiting. So their story is beautiful. It is magical. It is Christian and it is possible too. So if you're listening to this and being like, well, are you saying that I can't wait till marriage? You can. And it, and it can work. Can. You can yeah. absolutely do it. You can absolutely work. But know that that. Shoot isn't for everybody, and that's okay too because God loves them. You don't have to love them the way that God loves them. You should though. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um, my tip to them, I'm gonna give them a eighty percent tip. So congratulations, guys. Awesome. My tip this week is going to be a um, hundred percent tip to to black men, um, mm. and particularly <laughs> men. <laughs> Hold on, it gets more specific. <laughs> um, particularly men who support women and men through sexual assault, sexual assault, harassment, and rape um, situations. Um, I say that because this past week, um, yeah, I got. Let me be quiet, y'all. I'm sorry for myself. <laughs> she let me talk in peace. Go ahead, Courtney. My bad. I say that because, and this is the tip, because um, this past week, the belittling of sexual assault was thrown in my face in a way that it never had been before. Um, and not that I didn't know that it took place. Um, definitely did and it's definitely heightened right now considering everything that's going on with Kavanaugh and um, Bill Cosby the whole Me Too era like all of this stuff that's taking place like I feel like this topic is very front and center um, and you can read through any comments where men have just been bashing women or men that um in the in the terms of like not believing them or just being dismissive, like oof. yeah, and being dismissive and um, women having women no, I take that back. Survivors and or victims, and I say and or victims because some people are not fully in the place to call themselves a survivor yet because um, some people feel like they are merely just surviving, um, getting over those types of situations, and so. I have seen men in in the last few months, just like Kiana said, just being very dismissive. But last week it was thrown in my face, like directly to me um, in a way that had never been done before. Um, 
But literally the day after um, someone else had responded to one of my posts that put up one of my friends and he just gave me um, the strength emoji. I got a couple like, um, you know, black power fists in there. Um, and then I just saw other celebrities coming out, other male, black male celebrities coming out and supporting it. And so I really had to take a moment to just be grateful because even though I had that one occurrence thrown in my face of just it being very dismissive, um, I had to remember that there are tons of black men around me that do support it, that do recognize it, that are more sensitive to it. And so this one bad apple could not spoil that for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> Kiana, you are cracking me up. But so with that being said, my tip is, like I said, it's 100 percent and specifically to um, the black men and men in general that are supporting that fight for victims and survivors of sexual assault. We appreciate um, that. Right. Yeah, we appreciate that because it means a lot because not everybody is like that and not everybody can be um, as sensitive and realize how offensive um their male privilege can be so all right thank you okay burnt spot i don't have any so cool you go ahead um brunch spot (laughs) Uh, i visited a place in midtown nashville called tavern it was really good Mm. y'all um so i went and i had a corn muffin corn meal blueberry muffin which was bomb (laughs) it was like literally what it says like a muffin but it was a waffle corn corn Mm. meal blueberry waffle that's what it was my bad it wasn't a muffin it was a waffle that i thought mimicked a muffle a muffin anyway (laughs) y'all try it and then they had these specialty hash browns called white trash hash i was a little nervous about this and so I it had too. like it looked a little crazy. You know what it looked like? It looked like the rice at House of Japan after it has it the, that stuff on it that you don't like. But anyway, um, that was really good. It had like all different type of peppers in it and cheeses that I ain't supposed to eat. And y'all, it was fantastic. So go check the. Oh, and they got a two for one special. Always go check them out. Yeah, I saw your picture of that, and I was like. I thought it was fried rice at first, and then I was like, white trash hash. Yeah, it was hash that brown. Don't sound, that don't sound good. And it, never mind, I ain't going to say that. Um, I'm trying to be con- cognizant of my words. So, but I'm glad you enjoyed. That's good. in Nashville, you said? Yeah, Midtown. Okay. Are you going to check out some brunch spots while you're home? I don't know. okay well stay tuned um listeners for uh episode 30 to see if kiana had went to any brunch spots in cleveland and maybe i would have gone to a brunch spot as well by then okay cool all right we'll see y'all in a couple weeks oh no you didn't do social medias real quick we about to do social media (laughs) follow us on instagram at bitches double underscore loves double underscore brunch go check out our facebook page at bitches love brunch and um the way you're listening to us now please subscribe please rate please review go on itunes go on soundcloud we are there and we're waiting for you and so that concludes 29 (laughs) 29 Come see us when we 30. Bye.